You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest is Scott Schweitzer. Scott has an awesome story to share. He woke up in 2011. He was over 500 pounds and was diabetic. He decided that it was time to change around his life, stepped into a CrossFit gym for the first time, and hasn't looked back. Here is Scott's journey. Scott, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be with you. Yeah, so I saw your story on CrossFit, the YouTube channel, uh, a couple months back and then decided to reach out, and we have a couple of connections in common, so I'm just excited to have this conversation. Yeah, it was, it was really cool that you, you uh, reached out and we talked a little bit and got to know each other. That was awesome. Yeah, so how did you, uh, how'd you get started into CrossFit? Like, what's your story? Uh, so the documentary kind of explains it a little bit. I'll go into a little more detail. Um I was struggling with depression and overeating for probably 10 years uh, from 2000 to 2011. Um, Kept trying to lose weight, but it just was very unsuccessful. And it got to a point where I just felt like I'm never going to beat this. And so I uh, just kind of gave up on life all in general. I started drinking a little bit more just to kind of numb the pain And then um, one day I woke up in 2011 and I couldn't see anymore. Uh, What I could, normally I could see up close, I couldn't anymore. And what was far away, I could. And so I went to my eye doctor and he told me that I had a myopic flip, meaning that it just reversed the way my eye sees things. And he told me to get to my family doctor immediately. And so when I did that, I registered an A1C of like 13.4, uh, which is a very high-end diabetic. And uh, they put me on some medication. You know, I was doing the daily finger prick thing. It really took me a long time to kind of regulate that with the medication. Uh, and then I just, through a, a series of weird events over time, Uh, And the documentary shows that my gazebo crashed into my neighbor's house. I met my neighbor. He was a personal trainer is what I thought. And then uh, probably a half a year later, I asked him for help. And he sits down and works with me on nutrition, checks in on me every day. And six months later, uh, he takes me to a CrossFit gym. So what's your nutrition changing like during this time? So really, um, he had an idea that I was probably allergic to dairy and some, at least insensitive to it. So he had me eliminate dairy. He had me, um, reduce my carbs quite a bit. Um, fruits and vegetables, fine. Just uh, try to stay away from like the heavy starch type potato bread, um, things like that. Um, and actually, Within six months, my A1C dropped almost like six full points. Wow. 
Uh, so it's down to like six point something. I can't remember the exact number. And then three months later, it was down to like five, four. And then three months later, it was down to four, seven. Wow. That's awesome. So when you're, when you're making these changes, like how fast are you kind of noticing that stuff is working or is it a really slow process? So initially, um, like in the first month I lost like 24 pounds. Um, you know, I, I stopped everything pretty abruptly. Like I stopped drinking pop. I started drinking 10 pops a day. Um, stuff like that. And so I just, I just switched, like, I don't even know how it happened other than the support of my friend next door. Uh, and my wife did it with me um, because I didn't really miss anything. And I was so excited with the results I was getting. Like it just, I, there was no way to stop. That's crazy that you, you kind of took this 180 shift. I guess when you, when you kind of notice the signs, it's like, all right, this is something that I can no longer ignore. I really have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I, I thought that I was okay with dying. Like I really did. I thought I, I gave up on everything. And then when it's, when it hits you in the face with this myopic flip and now it's, now it's going to deteriorate. And my, I've had family members with diabetes and they died in very inhumane ways because of what diabetes does to you. And I think that just hit me in the face. Like, that's not how I want to go out. Yeah. It's scary. To th- it's scary to think about like, uh, you kind of, and were there other points where you notice like you're starting to gain weight, you're starting to gain weight. Was there other health issues that you had like going on before you started this journey? That's a crazy thing. Like I was, I mean, I was a high end competitive swimmer. Um, I competed at the U S nationals in swimming. Um, so I don't know if like I, I banked a lot of chips back then, but I didn't, I was not unhealthy until this all kind of came about. And I would, I would have been 41 uh, when it all kind of blew up on me. Yeah. So you're kind of just going along. And I think a lot of people get, get kind of stuck in that rut where, you know, you're working, you start a family, you start eating out a few times a week and then it, it just kind of can lead to you basically giving up on yourself at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And every doctor's visit, like my doctor was like, you're completely healthy. You just need to lose weight. Well, there were no ramifications for not losing weight. Um, it was crazy. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. I think the medical industry is something we don't have to get into, but, but doctors definitely, you know, they're always trying to treat something. If you don't really have anything wrong, there's nothing to treat, but all this time you need help. You need to, to make changes and they're not really giving it to you. Yeah, they should have been more adamant about the weight loss and, and explained what could happen. Um, and they really didn't. They were just like, hey, your cholesterol's good. Your blood pressure's low. Um, everything's great. Just You need, just need to lose some weight. Huh. So what's it like? You, you start going to your neighbor who's personal training you and doing your nutrition. When's the first time you step into a CrossFit gym? So that's actually funny because tomorrow's the anniversary. Uh, it was 11, 11, 11, and we're recording this on 11, 10. Um, so veterans day, 2011. 
what was the workout? I know the story, but I want other people to hear this one. And so um, I walk in and it was, a, it was back then our gym was really small. It was in the back end of a volleyball center. Uh, and it was what the volleyball girls and, and guys used for conditioning. Uh, we just shared that space with them. So I walked in and it's really narrow and long. And I go over to this whiteboard and I see the word Murph. And then I start reading it and I was like, what is, there's no way, there's just no way. And he'd been personally, personal training me for six months, you know, so it wasn't like I wasn't working out, but there's run a mile twice. Like there's no way. Plus all that other stuff in the middle. That's crazy. Yeah. So for people who don't know what Murph is, it's run one mile, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 uh, air squats, air right? Squats, yep. And then run another mile. So it's definitely an intense workout. People who are seasoned CrossFit veterans aren't even doing that whole workout as prescribed. Yeah. I actually, uh, 18 months after that, I completed it RX. Wow. That's awesome. Um, and bald like a baby, uh, for probably the last 200 meters coming in and then just went up against the wall, slid to the ground and just cried my eyes out. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's such an amazing transformation. Like to, so what did you do on the first day? Like, how did you actually break that up into a workout that you could complete at that time? So he had me uh, walk back and forth across this gym. Uh, like it was really long. And so probably I'm guessing like 50 meters long, maybe. And so like speed walk, touch the wall, come back. And I did that like 10 times. And then uh, I did ring rows for pull-ups and really elevated up. So they weren't too much trouble. And then the push-ups were elevated up on a, on a bench press bar. Uh, up on the rack and then the air squats were just sit on this box and stand up. And that's still a hell of a workout, no matter what you're yeah. modifying with. And, and we, we reduced the numbers down. It wasn't the hundred, 200, 300. It was, he just wanted me to do like, I think like 10 rounds of five, 10, 15. Okay. So what advice would you give to somebody who, you know, I've heard it a bunch of times that people want to go to a CrossFit gym, but I have to get in shape first, or I have to lose these 15 pounds before I go in. So what would you tell that person? So I will tell you, I, like I said, I did six months of working out. Like I was getting to where I was doing like three miles on the elliptical in 30 minutes or less. Um, I was uh, doing some treadmill, some biking, uh, playing basketball. None of that prepared me for CrossFit. Right. It's just, it's going to, it's going to hit your body different than anything else, but it's all, but it's doable. Everything in it is doable and it makes you feel like <clears throat> you're accomplishing so much. So what happened is during that first workout for me, even though I'd done all that prep work, I was scaled back as about as far as anybody could be scaled back. And it still was hard. I was still sweating and then during that, he challenged me to like lower the ring row just a little bit, lower the push up just a little bit, just to see if I would, if I would go for it. He wanted to see if I had that mental kind of thing to go after it. 
And, and I felt so accomplished when I was done that all I wanted to do was come back and try something else. So when did you go back? Did you go back the next day? Uh, I think back then I was like, when I first started, I only signed up to do two days a week. And then it was only like two weeks in that I said, uh, cause I loved it so much. The couple workouts that I had done, I was trying to do it at the Y and I just looked like a fool trying to do thrusters in the middle of the Y weight room. And so I'm like, I just need to quit this Y stuff and go full gear. And so I went unlimited after two weeks and I started going like five days a week. You had a really crazy transformation. You actually got down to 260, you said? Yeah, from over 500. We don't know how much because the scale stops at 500. Um, but I got down to 260. That's amazing. And you're, so all this time, you're just making some dietary changes and you're doing CrossFit. Pretty much. Yeah, and I, you know, I barely drank anymore. I fell in love with CrossFit so much right at the beginning that like I didn't want to do anything that was going to mess up my workout for the next day. <laughs> and it just became this, this snowball, good snowball that just kept rolling and gaining momentum. Yeah, I think that's, that's what a lot of people need, especially when you're just getting started. Like you need that fire to come back. So it, whether it's you lose five pounds or you, you know, you are better in a workout than you were the month before, that's when you really start to see the results. And then you're like, all right, I'm addicted to this thing. Yeah. And early on, we did these like goal boards where you would write your goal uh, on the whiteboard. And then periodically during like the, cause back then our coach did all of the, our programming live, you know, we didn't use technology. We didn't have apps. You'd walk in and you'd watch him write the, the workout on the board live. And that's when you would learn what you're doing that day. And uh, some days you go in and he goes, I want you to work on your goal. And so they, they actually implemented that through the process of, of us doing the CrossFit stuff. So my first goal was to run a 930 mile, which for a guy that was almost 500 pounds, that is a huge, huge accomplishment. And so for six months, we worked toward that goal. And got it uh, when, when it was test night. And that was a lot of fun because everybody got to test their goal that one night. And you just got to cheer for people. I mean, I think people hung around for three hours as we were like testing through everything, cheering each other on. And I wasn't the only one with a running goal. So, you know, there were other people running with me. and That's awesome. I, li I like that. I like that where you're all kind of chasing, chasing your goals together and you can't really get that anywhere else. You can go to LA fitness or you can go to the Y, but you're not having the accountability when you kind of walk in, you see the workout, you see everyone else's times. That's the one thing about CrossFit. That's just crazy. That brings people together. And you know, as a swimmer, you're competitive. So you get in there, right. you see your friend do the, did the workout in three minutes. So you're like, all right, I, I need to go 259. Correct. So, so you got really into CrossFit, like you got into the sport, you got into the athletes. What was, you know, that progression like? 
So the workouts were, I, I made so many friends, you know, and when you're 500 plus pounds, you're pretty much a hermit. You go to work, you come home, you lock the door and you, and you hang out. CrossFit gave me a community to hang out with, uh, which was awesome. And then when it really kicked up a notch is a friend of mine and I decided to volunteer for the 2014 regionals in Cincinnati. Um, and there um, I was assigned the media credential desk, which, so any media member coming through had to check in with me. And then any volunteer to get their shirt uh, had to check in with me. And, <coughs> excuse me. And so I got to meet a lot of cool people that way. And we were right off of the, the competition floor. So I got to watch the competition live and up close and then just became a junkie for the sport. Yeah. I think, I think we all, we all start to drink the Kool-Aid. That's what people call it. But like you, you start to really get into CrossFit. I think everyone right. goes through that phase. Yeah. And you know, we were, I was lucky enough that my region was Rich Froning, Scott Pancheck, Julie Fouché, um, really high-end athletes. Uh, and so I got to watch them up close and ended up volunteering for every regionals after that until they went away and volunteered for the games and then became a judge. Uh, so the last regionals in 18, I judged that. And then I've judged some other competitions since then. What did, what did you take away from that experience? Like, what's it like watching these guys, guys and girls compete up close? As a judge? Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty intense. Like, it's definitely not what you think. But you're concentrating so much on making sure that you're making the right calls that you don't have really a lot of time to assess, wow, I'm right here in front of Amanda Barnhart or I'm in front of Saxon Pancheck or whatever. You're just like, I don't want to mess this up. So it's uh, so you're, you're really concentrating hard and it's mentally fatiguing. Uh, but it, it's fun to be a part of it, especially like the big endings and stuff like that. Are you good at counting double unders? Um, I'm not sure anybody's great at it. <laughs> um, but I think, I think I'm, I've learned the tricks to do a pretty good job. Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember like judging people during the open counting double unders. I'm just like throwing numbers out. I'm like, all right, that seems like 50. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I will say that you and I probably are not as proficient at the double under as a regional athlete. Very true. Very true. So when you're watching a regional athlete, they're not breaking as much as like we are. And so they're actually a lot easier to count than then you're open because I, because I do the open too. I'm the head judge for our, our, uh, our gym during the open and it's tough counting double unders there. Yeah, for sure. And it's a lot harder to know where up your friend than a professional athlete out on the floor. Yeah. Do you, have you had any like horror stories of them, you know, getting mad at you or getting pissed off at one of your calls? Yep. A couple of them. Um, there was one where the person was so mad they threw, I asked them to sign the score sheet and they threw it at me. <laughs> um, I had one at the master's fitness collective where 
they protested to everybody they could saying that I made it a bad call. Uh, but they didn't win any of the protests and the head judge was right behind me and said that I made every call correctly. So, yeah, you, you don't even realize it, especially when you're seeing these big CrossFit events. Now all the sanctionals and stuff, there's so many different people that go into it. It's, it's very hard to put on an event. There's a lot of volunteers, a lot of judges, and you know, you're there, you're doing your best and you're probably, probably more nervous than the athletes are because you want to get everything right. Yeah. I think the more you do it, the, the easier it is to go out there and, and make the calls. Um, but it's still tough. You want to do the best job you can. You don't want to screw somebody out of going to the games or um, out of a place at, at a major competition. I mean, that's not my goal. I, I don't want to know rep you, you know, but if it's bad, I got to do it. Yeah. I'm sure you can, maybe see that like have compassion a little bit since you were an ex-athlete you played sports when you were younger so you know you've been on both sides now yeah it's just like you know playing baseball as a kid a strike's a strike if you didn't swing at it it's, it's on you and these professional athletes know what what they have to do to get a rep called yeah. As a former baseball player, I would disagree with you on that one. I would disagree with a lot of umpires out there, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of my background. So, so you had, you know, this incredible weight loss transformation, you've had a couple setbacks the last couple of years. So what's that been like? Uh, that has been probably even harder than what I went through initially. And the first thing was a back um, just from the wear and tear of being 500 pounds for 10 years. Um, I, I had a bulging disc in like the lower part of my back. I, I think it's L5 S1. So I'm not, I'm not great at the, at, at remembering those numbers, but, uh, it was down by my sciatic nerve, the ball, the disc bulged out, hit the nerve. And then, um, my legs started going numb. And so I babied it probably for a good year plus. Uh, I, I had acupuncture done. I had massage therapy. I went to chiropractors. I tried everything to get it to just kind of alleviate a little bit. And it got to, to a point where I slept in a recliner for four months straight because I couldn't even lay flat in bed. Um, and then I was done crossfitting at that point. I tried, I tried to do like, just sit on the assault bike and at least get something in. And that was the only thing that didn't hurt. Um, so I did that for a while and then finally got it repaired. And honestly, the, the repair was so easy. I, uh, I literally walked out of the office that day, like pain-free. Wow. Um, but it took, it took a while. Like I had to be very cautious because they repaired the disc and if I did anything to make it bulge again, it would just let go until it heals. And so I, I had to be real cautious for uh, probably a month, month and a half. And then, and then I started leaking some weight and started leaking some stuff back in. And that's when I had the, the leg condition where I have, two veins in my leg, one in each leg that weren't pumping the blood back up out of my leg. 
and it caused blood to pool and stretch my skin and actually break open. And so at one point I had like 15 wounds on my legs and I've, that's been a, that's been a battle for two years. I had to battle insurance just to get the operation, to get the veins corrected. Um, but finally happened earlier this year. And then um, with COVID, I actually couldn't get in to see my doctor for a while. So I actually like um, regressed after those couple weeks. And then, um, and then it's been a battle ever since, but, uh, it looks like we're close to to finishing up. I have two wounds left. One is less uh, like a dime size right now. And so it's just about done. The other one's a little bit bigger than that, but uh, it's shrinking every week now. And uh, yeah, and I've been released to go back to work out um, as of last Tuesday. So back to like starting to work out again and doing that. I just, but I am way, way, way out of shape. So it's like starting over again. Yeah, it happens. It's frustrating when you when you're making a ton of progress and then you hit those you hit those uh, walls basically, and you have to kind of you might have to go back and regress a few steps. But I think it's all along the journey. It's it's really cool to hear that you've kind of taken it all in stride. You've you know it sucks when you're going through it, but once you got cleared to work out again, you're like, all right, it's it's time to get back on the horse and and really uh, just buckle down and keep going. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that, you know, it hasn't been easy. You know, mentally it's, it's really hard because when, you, when I could go back, when I was working out, you always want to compare yourself to what you were when you were healthy. And, uh, and that's hard because my first time through, everything was new and I was PRing and, you know, and some of those PRs I'm never going to get back to, you know, and I'm 50 now. So, you know, maybe it's okay that I don't PR my clean and jerk anymore. You know, that's fine. I just, I just need to get back to being healthy. And it's hard telling yourself that when you see the scoreboard, when you, when you plug in your, your result into your app and it says, you know, two minutes slower than last time or, you know, whatever. But, um, but I'm, I'm trying to get through it. And, you know, I'm even considering maybe getting a little counseling just to, try to get over that just to make sure that I don't regress mentally while, while trying to get back physically. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point that you bring that up because I think the, the mental side is just as important as a physical. You can, you can go into the gym every day, but if you have a unhealthy mindset, if you're not really, you know, you're pissed off that you're not where you want to be, it's, it's hard to continue to make progress. Yeah. And I don't want to like let my ego jump in front and and make me do something that is going to hurt me again. Right. Yeah. I think if I hope that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And you know, being 50 years old, this isn't going to be a sport for you, you know, like you got to take care of your body and, and stay healthy. Right. Do you uh would, do you see any competing in the future once you get back to healthy like masters anything like that? As much as I should probably say no, um, I know myself, and if I can get back to where everything is healthy, maybe a fun competition like a masters competition or something like that, because in like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, I competed a ton. 
Um, I just loved it. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Clydesdale. That's what we call our, our podcast. Um, so like I am a, I'm, I win an event, finish last an event, win an event, finish last an event. That's just kind of the way I was back then. Um, but it'd be cool to like, just go back and maybe do some team stuff or partner competitions and just have fun. Yeah, for sure. The one thing I wanted to ask, what was the support like at home? You said your wife was going through, she was doing some CrossFit with you as well and kind of going through her own weight loss transformation. But what's, you know, your support system looking like while you're going through all this? Uh, I have great support at home. Um, but, you know, my wife battles with the same demons I do. And so sometimes, even though she wants to be supportive, we're both going through a tough time at the same time. And that's not always great. Um, so for me, it's getting back to the gym, being a, which is tough with COVID going on, um, being around those people that support me every day and, you know, encourage me and do all those kinds of things. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the next step. And you mentioned your podcast, the Clydesdale fitness and friends podcast. Tell us uh, what you got going on over there. So yeah, about a year ago, I um, decided that I didn't probably longer than a year ago that my job wasn't fulfilling me uh, professionally in a way that I had hoped. And so um, I decided to start a podcast and really it was just I had a group of friends we would text every time a CrossFit event was on and we would text all day. And I said, you know what? How about we, we have a media room at the gym. How about I just bring a recorder in? We record our conversations about what just happened at a sanctional or a, the games or whatever. And we'll just put it up as a podcast. And if it, if people listen to it, great. If not, it'll just be for us to have our little discussion out there. And initially, you know, it was 20, maybe 30 people we'd get uh, on a download uh, on those early episodes. And then, um, and then I just had this wild idea. It's kind of evolved over time, but uh, I had a, I was friends with Saxon Pancheck and I said, I wonder if he'd come on the podcast. We'll go up to his gym. We'll let him work us out. And then we'll do uh, a quick interview. So that's what we did. And it went really well. Um, other than I had a hard time breathing during the interview after the workout. And then we did, I met Ben Smith at the Mayhem Classic. And I also met Kat, uh, my new, my, a newer co-host. So I had her kind of come on and do an interview. I interviewed Ben and my batteries ran out uh, at the Mayhem Classic. Uh, so I got a four minute interview with Ben before they died. Um, and then I asked, Christy Aramo O'Connell, if we could come to her gym and do the same thing. And she let us come in. She, they worked us out. We interviewed them and, and those started to pick up some, some steam. Uh, you know, when I say steam, I'm talking like 50 or 60 downloads instead of 20. Um, and now, you know, it just is kind of COVID kind of made us alter the way we do things. And so I just started asking people if they wanted to come on the, the podcast and we started doing just celebrity interviews uh, from the CrossFit world, you know, Margo Alvarez and Carrie Pierce and, and uh, Matt O'Keefe and I'm trying to think of those early interviews. 
uh, Freddie Camacho, just Sean Woodland, Tommy Marquez, the Buttery Bros. They all jumped on like early on when we were doing this. And then um, Kat said, you know, my favorite ones were always when you guys just sat around and shot the breeze. And so we said, well, let's do a celebrity on a Monday and a round table on Wednesday. And now they're both, they're both as successful, um, which blows me away that people just want to hear us talk about stuff. Uh, but we try to make it fun. Um, and we try to laugh and have a good time and it's blown up to where we're getting, you know, I just talked to the second fittest man in the world last night. Uh, it hasn't been released yet, but will be soon. Uh, so Samuel Quant came on and, and talked to us for an hour and the, the, the celebrity guests are getting easier to get now that we have, uh, they can see what we've done with others and that we're not out to get anybody. We're just there to have fun with them. And uh, we have, gosh, we have like nine interviews that we've done that are sitting waiting to be released because we have so many people coming in all, all at the same time. Oh, and now awesome. we do about, we do about a thousand downloads a week. Wow. So that's what, you know, six, seven times better than what you were doing in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That episode may be out for two months and I only have 60 downloads. It's funny that Christy Aramo um, interview we did, it was like episode nine. It's, you know, it had 30, 40, 50, maybe. And now as we grew that, that episode kind of grew along with us and it has almost 200 downloads uh, just with people going back and checking it out. Very cool. And I, I always encourage anybody who wants to do something like this, wants to start a YouTube or a podcast when the, the downloads aren't there in the beginning, it doesn't really mean anything. You got to stop looking at those numbers. You got to, you know, you just keep getting guests. You keep trying to get better. You upgrade the equipment and then it, it turns into something special, you know? Yeah. What's well, like, you know, our, our vision for it had changed probably four times as we've gone through this one year um, to where I think we finally found what it is we want to be. Um, but you have to do it for yourself. It's got to be what you love and what you want to do and, and just be yourself. Don't try to be anything that you can't be. Just be yourself. And I think that's what works out the best. I love that. So where can people find the podcast? Where are you guys streaming on? So we are on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends uh, YouTube channel. And we also, we're also on every podcast platform uh, pretty much. Um, under the same name. Okay, cool. And we have a website, the ClydesdaleCrossFitter.com. Uh, and you can get any of our stuff there. Okay, sweet. I'll get that all linked up in the show notes. I just have one final question for you, Scott. This is the better than yesterday question. What advice would you give to somebody small enough to write on a sticky note, you know, one line that's going to help them become better today than they were yesterday? So the, that, the hashtag I used when I first lost all the weight and I still is just keep on pushing. You know, no matter what comes at you, just keep pushing forward. Uh, don't, don't ever fall back. Just head down, move forward. That's perfect. I love that. And, and you've done that. This is, this is, you know, your second time around. You've had some setbacks, but you're, you're still 
continuing to show up to, to get better and continue to, to do what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's, uh, you know, I'm hoping to write a new story or at least a chapter two to what CrossFit put out. Uh, so I can show that you can keep on pushing. Well, cool. Thank you so much for coming on, Scott. Thank you for having me. Thanks again so much to Scott for coming on the show. Really good conversation with him. I'm glad I was able to have that one. If you guys like this one, take a screenshot and put it on your story and you can tag both of us. Our Instagrams will be linked up in the description. And then check out his podcast, the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. He's having CrossFit Games athletes and people high up in the sport every single week. So go check that out, the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. If you guys, again, like this one, make sure to give it a five-star rating on iTunes and leave a quick review if you can this week. Thanks again so much for listening, and I'll talk to you guys on Friday.